Welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. My name is Brandon Adams, lifestyle entrepreneur and inventor, passionate about helping others with creating something great and becoming unforgettable. Each week we discuss helpful tips on becoming a successful entrepreneur and interview other entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Our goal is to help take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brendan C. Adams, and on today's show we have Matt Handshaken Holmes. That's right, Matt Handshaken Holmes. That's not actually his middle name, but he has a world record for the longest handshake. I believe it's at 48 hours. And Matt today is going to talk to you about uh, personal brands. He's going to talk about networking, and he's going to share with you how he's been able to to network with some billionaires and four of the billionaires that he's actually interviewed and what they share with you. They give some great tips and there's some great knowledge. You're getting knowledge from billionaires that he has interviewed. Elon Musk, John Paul, I think it's John Paul, and then we have Jeff Hoffman and uh, there's another one. So he goes through that and then also how to make your brand stand out. He talks about how to create your own personal brand online, awareness, how to stand out in the crowd where people actually want to network with you. There's some great stuff in this show. I enjoy this. Matt is based out of Colorado. I'm hoping I can come visit sometime soon. Uh, I love Colorado. It's a great place. My brother used to live there. Um, It's been a while. So anyways, this is going to be an awesome show. I can't wait to jump into it. But before we get started, I want to let you know, I just launched a brand new website, BrennanTAdams.com. Check it out. Look around. We have a lot of free stuff. We have a Thriving in a Disruptive Marketplace course for free. Also, we have a seven-day crowdfunding course for free on there. And then there's other details about how to work with me. I have an accelerator program that's starting here in, in three weeks. I'm excited for it. This is my first time doing it. I'm letting 15 people uh, to come work with me, and we're going to do a six-week program. Check it out. If you want to take your business lifestyle next level, check out that program. But go check out my site, Brandon T. Adams. Dot com looks pretty awesome. I'm proud of it. Um, we've been working on that for a while now, and you can see all the updates and cool stuff we got going on there. So let's jump right into it with Matt Handshaken Holmes. Let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brendan C. Adams, and on today's show we have Matt. Handshaking homes. And you know, the funny thing is, he just told me that he has the world record for the longest handshake. How long is that, Matt? 46 hours? 46 hours before we deducted breaks. Yes. Like, how, man? Like, that, you get, I've been up that long and you get into hallucination stage. It's crazy. And don't ask why I've been up that long, but that's pretty awesome. And that's a good conversation piece. <laughs> That's, you know, why and how is exactly what I was asking myself when the clock hit hour four and we were shooting for 48 hours. <laughs> oh, so, man, and I were just talking. We already have some great common connections. Jeff Hoffman, um, he's interviewed some billionaires, which we'll get into later. And uh, just the things we've done. He's 20 years old, he's killing business, and he's in Colorado, which I, I already know I'm going to have to come visit. We talked about the TV show we're doing uh, previously. But, uh, Matt, Let's go back to where you first got started as a young entrepreneur, the endeavors you did, and how it led you to everything you're doing today. 
Yeah, so I fell in, in love with entrepreneurship at a young age. Before graduating undergrad, I was a psychology major, and I was flipping uh, motorcycles. Um, I actually flipped, I bought my first motorcycle after a bad breakup to get my mind off of it. And, <laughs> and um, long and behold, it came time to sell that bike, and I made some money. And then kind of continued on with that, and then eventually friends came to me for help, and then their friends came. But, of course, when I graduated, I unfortunately wasn't making enough off that automotive consulting business to go full-time. So I picked up a sales job, um, hated it, wanted to go back to entrepreneurship, didn't know how. So I jumped back in to study my master's in business where I racked up a hundred grand of student loans. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was right before graduating that when I realized I needed to launch my first big boy business. And that's when we launched my real estate company where we bought single family homes with out of state investors here in Denver. Nice. And uh, that went well. I couldn't really pay myself. In fact, I maxed out another $85,000 of credit card debt. Man, you are a true entrepreneur. <laughs> I know what it's if, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's not going to put me in the hospital, cemetery, or jail, I'm down to try it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. So, so yeah, so eventually um, I had some good equity, right? Uh, these yeah. houses were appreciating fast. The cash flow was a lot harder to figure out. Um, eventually, once I could pay myself and realize that I was worth something and had built a business that could maintain me and and itself and continue growing, I realized I hate this. I love entrepreneurship. I figured out how to do it full time, but I hate real estate. So still didn't have it figured out. So um, late 2014, I sold off most of my real estate company, and I didn't really know what was next, Brandon. <laughs> I, I just started interviewing people like you, people like Jeff, asking them, how did you become such a boss? <laughs> and, um, and you know, figured I was asking a lot of questions about networking and personal branding. So that evolved into the Handshake and Video series, which, which I did found in, in late 2014. I've been doing that for about a year and a half now and um, did that for 12 months before I figured out really what my passion was and where I need to be. And what is that? What is your passion? Because this is one question, Matt, I always ask people and within like the first 10 minutes, I ask them, so what are you passionate about? What makes you feel alive? And also what is your goal? What is your goal in the next five, 10 years, your life goal? What do you want to do on this earth? And it's always interesting to hear. And some people get them thinking, which I'm glad you already know. So tell me what is your goal, Matt? I think so. I mean, I think I have some well thought out answers, but we might even find some answers right here on the show if I'm not ready, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah. I mean, I interviewed, you know, billionaires and members of Congress on, on you know, how they became a top entrepreneur, how they did it, and I'm really interested in how did they get connected with the one percent? How did they get, you know, world class mentors? Because a lot of my friends, when they quit their job, they don't even know like the people in our startup Denver group, and that's where to start, you know, and then kind of get the mentors. So anyway. Um, it really clicked for me when I when I sat down with billionaire Jeff Hoffman, the founder of Priceline, um, one of our mutual contacts, and he said – I asked him, why did you sit down with me off a cold LinkedIn message, Jeff? And he said, well, Matt, you have a strong personal brand. I can see who you are with your videos, and you have blog posts on your LinkedIn where you reached out to me that were on topics I was interested in. So um, it really clicked for me. I realized, oh my gosh, I need to stop greedily networking and connecting with all these guests. I need to launch a service that helps other entrepreneurs, you know, build their Rolodex full yeah. of you know qualified investors. And so we launched a new a new service called Handbrander. We have a handful of paying clients. It's about two two and a half months old today, 
And um, we're eventually looking to build an app around it. So I'm kind of eyeing some accelerators in the next few months. And it's it's new. So um, open all feedback. What we're doing with for our clients is writing them blog posts with a community of US-based writers and publishing that on their personal website and then distributing that to grow their audience. Wow. That, so you're helping people, again, like you did to get attract Jeff Hoffman, which he gave you a great idea that you're going with is to help them build up their Rolodex and their appearance and their personal branding. Exactly. And the biggest question I'm asking, Brandon, is how does this fit into the video series? What about that? And, um, you know, I don't know. I think I don't know is a common and okay answer for, you know, all the young entrepreneurs out there. But some of our clients have started to host the Handshaken video series. So we're slowly easing them in because, you know, video content is powerful. And um, when your friends and your new new contacts see you sitting down with highly qualified people in your industry, that's going to make them trust you a little bit more. And you're going to close higher net worth you know, clients. Um, you're going to get world-class mentors rather than just the guy who's done you know, 100,000 in sales. He's done 100 million or a billion. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I mean, that's I like to hang out with billionaires. That's how you become a billionaire. Um, yep. It, you are the average of the five people you hang out with. And clearly, I mean, you've interviewed three billionaires, so that's a good track record. So you're right, the power of video. And that's why, actually, my team and I were working on doing a lot more videos. Video is powerful. And if you can do it right, because we live in a world where we all have ADD almost. Um, we can't keep attraction to one thing. And you need something visually that gets your attention. So talk about your video series, how that works, and what that's been like uh, to build that up. Yeah, that's huge. And um, I think video is especially powerful. But one one reason I named it the Handshake and Video Series is because a handshake has to be done in person. And a time where you and I can leverage technology to get in front of whoever we want and use technology as our warm introduction, it's still who you spend FaceTime with in person um, those are going to be the people that are most vested in your success. So it's important to sit down with these people over coffee, even better, over beer, yes. over the personal relationship before the professional relationship. No, no. I Some of the best conversations have been over beers and coffee and uh, just, I mean, deals even at a bar, just talking to somebody oh, yeah. about things that you're doing. I mean, some of the most random deals happen when you least expect it. Um, like right here, right now, I know we're all, we're going to probably be doing something together because we already, I can see your background and everything I'm doing. I think it's pretty awesome, especially at your age. We're both millennials. Um, the one thing I want to jump into now, I mean, this is going to be a big question. Everybody's looking into a billionaire. I mean, I've been around billionaires. I've spoke with them. It's cool to see how they've got to where they are. And I want you to share with the audience the billionaires you've interviewed and what you learned from them, how they're different. And the first one um, the guy that did, um, was it the tequila? Yeah, Patron, Tequila, and Paul Mitchell. John Paul DeJore is his name. Okay, so let's talk about John Paul. Let's. What did you learn from that guy that was unique? And by and by the way, anybody listening, he he did Patron, but also he was on Shark Tank for a judge uh, once. He uh, the deal I saw, he actually invested in a guy that was a farmer out of Florida that was just a great story, and he helped him out. But I know. John Paul, like he's a great person just from what I've saw of him. So tell me about him, what you learned from that interview. Yeah, I mean it really clicked. You know, I'm I'm not one to look solely at the net worth and dollar amount of people because no. life's you know everyone who everyone who I've talked to as a billionaire was never chasing the money. That's what that's what other billionaire Kimball Musk said. I asked him what was one big mistake you made, and he said whenever I was chasing the money. But anyway, to answer your question, John Paul DeGioia was the first billionaire to join the Handshake and Video series, and 
when I sat down with him, I realized I, I asked him for, you know, tips and advice. How do you network more effectively? Blah, blah, blah. And the one thing that he said differently than everyone else I had ever interviewed was that you have to Everyone says pay it forward, you know, help your friend who has a technology startup, try to help them with social media if you're good at that, you know, teach them how to launch your podcast if you're Brandon. And um, and what John Paul said was help that person who's pulled over on the side of the road. You have to actually pull over right now. As soon as you see that car broken down on the side of the road, pull over right now. And as soon as you pass that car and say that you're going to do it next time, it's too late. You have to help everyone and immediately. Um, so how to, how to actually execute on that in real life I think is up to – every single listener to determine what that means for them in their life. But wow, what a good lesson. Like don't hesitate, jump right in with both feet and, and whoever they are, whether they're another entrepreneur like you and I, or if they're, you know, not, not quite an entrepreneur yet, or if they're not interested in entrepreneurship, because like you said, there's never, you never know what can come from networking, but it is where a lot of the opportunities come from. No, I agree. And you know, that, that makes me think, I mean, there's little things, some people, not expecting anything in return and it does pay it forward. I really believe that it does. Karma does come around. If, if you do bad and if you do good, it's going to come around to you in a good way too. So that was him. What about Jeff Hoffman? And I, we both know him. He just spoke at our event for young entrepreneur convention. We spoke in the same place together. He's an awesome person. Tell me what you learned from him. Yeah, gosh, all I want to do is just like, keep my jaw dropped on how amazing an entrepreneur he is yeah. to to build a company, you know, priceline.com and I think get hire 170 some people and not a single one of them quit before they exit. Yeah. Like, wow, like how can we not just talk about that? But anyway, <laughs> to, you know, we're, I, I appreciate your listeners because there's a lot of content out there. So let's get straight to what they can, what they can learn from Jeff. And um, what Jeff told me at the end of our interview, I, I asked him, what's one action item you recommend to aspiring entrepreneurs? And Jeff said, pull out your phone, text 10 of your friends, and ask them the one thing you're good at in one word. And this really should resonate with those that are that are looking at what type of business to launch. Like before you go and launch a, um, a ski pole company, ask your friends what you're really good at. Maybe you're really good at negotiating and you become a, a, you know, maybe you launch a law firm or something like that. But it's really important to get feedback from your peers and then eventually customers too. And he really elaborated it starting there even before you might quit your full-time job. So um, text 10 friends, ask them for one word that describes you that, and um, take that, that into account. That's a good, you know, I, and I started doing this lately. You should ask people close to you, what is my greatest, um, expertise or characteristic what am i good at and you'll be just fascinated by what they actually say and they say this in multiple books to do and i like the one word the text idea is you people will tell you the truth and you'll be like wow i didn't realize that was my true strength so that was jeff let's go to the last one and that is kimball musk kimball musk elon yep. musk's brother what did you learn from him yeah, I mean, again, just to admire some of these guys, like he sits on the board of PayPal, SpaceX, Tesla, General Jeez. Electric, and Chipotle. And Chipotle. <laughs> I yeah, I don't think it, you get more plugged in than that. So, um, wow. Wow. Kimball <laughs> Musk. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Kimball Musk. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I think the takeaway from the interview with Kimball was um, – you know, the media has one way of portraying billionaires, but when you sit down with them in person, face to face, it's a totally different. It, you actually meet them and um, learn what they did right, learn what they did wrong, and they're all very vulnerable and humble. And again, I'd just like to emphasize Kimball said the biggest mistake he made was when he was chasing the money. 
people who are chasing money, you don't, you and I don't trust them, and neither do your listeners. Exactly. That car salesman, you know, traditionally not all of them, but that car salesman who's trying to get the sale to feed his family, no one cares about that. The the person who is launching a business and putting everything on the line, their family, their money, to pursue something that that they're passionate about because they have a story and a struggle that they that they went through in their life. That's who you trust, and that's who eventually gets the huge deals, deals that are bigger than the average nine-to-fiver's salary because how else would an entrepreneur grow a business and cover salaries? Exactly. You know, that's what's crazy to me. Well, another guest, Andre Duran, the founder of Ping Identity, he was the first guest I interviewed who had hundreds and hundreds of employees. I think about 360, 370 employees, and we were interviewing, and I realized this guy has full-time employees that he doesn't even know their name. And, and his idea once was on a napkin. I don't know if that's inspiring or sad, but I mean, how would you know all their names? Uh, surely every week people are quitting, people are being hired. Yeah. And, and you can only spend, you know, your 24 hours with so many people. Yeah. I, I would, I mean, for me, I like to be able to know everybody. And once you get in that corporate atmosphere, sometimes it's like you're just a number to people. You don't actually yeah. matter. Like they'll, they'll fucking oust you if it makes sense for their big business plan. I, I just hate that. I hate that whole philosophy. I think it's bullshit. It's not actually going to work here with our generation because we're all about collaboration yeah. and working together and we don't give a shit so much about the money. It's about the impact we make and the things that we create. Big time. So big time. one one of the questions here that I really want to see your feedback because I'm a big networker. Um, what percentage of time should a startup founder spend networking? Because I mean – you go to all these events and all this and you meet people that are good for business, but like how much time should you actually be spending for the whole networking process? That's a good question. And when people ask me that, there's really four different ways to go about – to think about networking. There's new relationships, which we're talking about you know, the ones you make in person and the ones you're trying to make in person through online. And then there's also maintaining relationships. Again, the ones you've already made and maintaining them online and the ones you've already made made and maintaining them in person. So there's a lot of different ways. I don't think there's a clear answer to it besides that it's really important to pay attention to it and um, try to help others first and surround yourself with people smarter than you with where you want to be. But um, really, when, the only person I asked was one of the founders of a company called Go Spot Check, and he says about 20% of his time is spent networking and maintaining relationships with mentors, investors, and advisors. So um, if that's if that's a good rule of thumb that helps your listeners go with 20%, of course, I'd vote for that 25, 30%. I know, right? <laughs> um, but, but, but of course, you do have to do the work to become a successful entrepreneur. And, um, you know, I feel victim of networking too much. And it, it's sexy and it's seductive. But at the end of the day, it's not going to put sales in my pocket. And without sales in my pocket, I'm not going to be able to become like many of these guests that, that I've interviewed. So... Um, 20% of the time, good rule of thumb. I think it's it comes down to all who you know. It's not what you know, it's who you know and the relationships, like you said, that you establish and keep there on a good terms. It's like that golden ticket of the Willy Wonka line. You want to get to the front of the line, that connection you have in the front of the line, he can get you there. You don't have to go through all the bullshit. You can get to the top by going to the right guy if you add enough value to him. The big problem people have is they don't add enough value. If you just add value to somebody – and the old philosophy I've been using a lot lately, if you buy me one drink, I'm going to buy you two drinks because you're always giving more. Give yeah. more and then you're going to get more in return. It's going to help your relationships and your business and everything else. So you clearly uh, understand that in the networking world. So let's get more of the details of what you're doing. 
So with your business, what is your goal with it? What are you looking to do in the next five to 10 years? Yeah. So um, I'm coming up on 30. And by the time I get there, I got out of real estate. That was only a business that got- I sold real estate for a while too. Okay, you know you know what it's like about it. then. <laughs> no one, no one there knows what the word podcast is. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Um, right, yeah. I think um, you know with the real estate, I got a taste of entrepreneurship. You know, we were doing six digits in sales. I got out of that. I found my passion, and now my goal is to get to seven digits in sales before turning thirty. And I'm 28 right now. And um, we have that laid out. I'm looking at some whiteboards here in my office, and we have check marks. Of course, you know, we need to get to our, our goals faster. And, um, you know, we're pivoting to try to find, you know, what gets us there the fastest. But, um, and by the time I'm 35, you, you asked about five, seven, and 10 years, I think. By the time I'm 35, uh, um, I want to be to 10 million. And it's really, you know, experiencing and growing a business like that that's actually really going to get me, you know, happy hours with some of these people, happy hours with the people that have the gold ticket at the yeah. front of the line. And um, I just, I'm a people person. I think it's fun to network and work together and collaborate with others more than just uh, watch dollars come in from behind a computer screen. So tell me your team right now. How big is your team? We're usually at about five, although we don't have interns right now. So just three. Two virtual assistants, um, one full-time assistant here in the States, here in the office with me right now, myself, and then usually one to two interns. So actually, I'm sorry. Today, we're at four. Okay. We're at four. So tell me the power of – because we're building our team right now with my company, and then also, I mean, we've had interns, and they can work out very well, actually. Um, tell me what you've learned from building a team and just being a leader because that's very powerful. If you want to go far and reach them goals, like you said, you need a team. You can't do it alone. You need to go with a group of people. Tell me what you've learned in that process of building your team and just being able to influence people to work with you. Yeah. Wow. Building the team is huge. The first time I heard my first full-time director communications, which by the way, we don't have one right now. We're hiring. Um, I, I hired, uh, I hired a, a gal in her mid-20s and I paid her with my personal savings as a single founder bootstrapping with a pre-revenue video series and did the best I could. And at the end of the day, she quit on me without giving two week notice. Oh, <laughs> like entrepreneurship is hard. So I think it comes down to getting other people involved in any capacity. Cause a lot of, and you know, building the team's huge. You got to have enough in sales or a high enough risk tolerance to pay someone's salary to really, you know, accelerate the growth process um, to really get out of cash flow mode. And I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, struggle with getting other people involved and that's where community comes into play community is the solution to the problem you're asking with how do i get more people involved in helping me with my startup and like we've already covered you got to pay it forward and help others first and like we haven't talked about as much you need to join an entrepreneurial community and you need to join a community in the industry that your startup's in help people in both those communities and once you have a network in those two communities of people that you've done a favor for that's going to take you to the next step. That's going to give you the inspiration to find a way to pay someone's salary. That's going to push you to sales where you can afford to pay someone's salary. And that's, that's really the next step for uh, the young entrepreneurs listening out there. You know, one thing I've found out, and maybe you can relate to this too, because uh, I have uh, one, one of my partners full-time does everything with me. And then I have uh, other people that are part-time, but that work with me basically full-time with everything, subcontractors. So we have a good-sized team. And we're growing, but I found out is when you build relationships, if you're going to get your inner circle, it's not so much when you're working together, financial, uh, paying each other. It's more like adding value and bartering. I've learned a lot 
in the bartering process and more and more with our generation. Hey, I'm going to provide this for you. Yes, it may cost $10,000 of what I'd usually charge or whatever. But if I do this for you, you can do this for me and we can help each other and we can form our group in return when other people come to us, we're going to take them to you. You're going to be our go-to person. And I'm all about building that team, that, that Rolodex or that dream team. I found that to be very successful lately. And not only is people, if you want to find a good team, it's not all about the money for them. It's about them feeling like they're involved and they're going there with you. They yeah. believe in you and not so much the money. Because like you said, you could have somebody you're paying X amount of dollars. But if they aren't in it, if they don't understand the entrepreneurship system and the bug, like it's not going to work. Because money can't be the sole reason, especially in the shit that we do. Like They don't get it. It's not... The hours you do, the things you go through, the the things that yeah. are stressful, the risks. So just just a thing I've found out, and maybe you you've seen that too in the process. It, it's changing how people do things, how they're motivated. Yeah. Wow. So much there, but I think I think to kind of wrap everything that you and I are talking about into one conclusion, one take home is entrepreneurship's a journey to humility. You know, you everyone has this great idea. But until you get out of your own shoes and ask possible customers what they think about it and you pay attention to them, then not until then will you take the next step. And then once you think about the bigger startup community and you get even more humble and think, okay, I found a way to provide value to this group. How can I fit in with the startup ecosystem in my town? And you're, you're getting a little bit more humble. You're thinking about yourself a little bit less. And, uh, and you're finding a way to fit into the bigger picture. So it's really you know looking at the bigger picture, being humble, being vulnerable, and, and asking for help when you need it. Hopefully to people that you've already helped two or three times in a meaningful <laughs> yeah. way because we covered that, right, listeners? Um, yeah, so I think uh, I think yep. that's it. It's a journey to humility. And I got another story with Jeff Hoffman if, if we have time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. You know, Jeff was growing Priceline, and he had to hire someone who was making a much bigger salary somewhere else. But he couldn't afford to pay him that amount. So he, he brought this guy into the office, and Jeff says he starts every interview with one question. Where do you see yourself in one year from today? Great question to start with. It's, it's humble. It's starting with the other person. And anyway, um, Jeff you know, told him we, we can't afford to pay you this much in salary, but, but let's take a look at you know, what you'd like to do a year and 10 years out. And this, this guy wanted to buy a house for his mom. And um, – he told me the story. It, Tell us. Yep, Keep going. Yep. Yeah. So he said um, it would take 20 to 30 years to save up to finally buy his mom a house um, with where he was at. Or he could take a risk and jump on board with Jeff's vision at a smaller rate. And although there is risk associated with it, he might exit and be able to buy his mom a house in three years, four years, four years, he said. And then um, when they sold in, I believe, three years, they flew his mom to town and and the mom drove up to this huge house that she thought – she thought she was going to Jeff's house, but um, no, she was actually arriving at the house that her son had bought for her in um, just a few short years. So amazing story, and what a humble guy Jeff is. Yeah, no, and that's a great that's a great question to start with, and just to see where they're going. And you know, sometimes I believe, well, it's true. Like if you want them huge goals, there are going to be risks that you got to take, and if you want to stay in that comfort zone, you're not going to reach the huge things that you want to get everything comes at a price. Just not everybody's willing to pay the price. They see all the fucking cars and the sexy things and they think they want it, but they don't really want it because they don't do the shit that you got to do for many years to get to that point. So yeah. we know that. Um, and anybody listening, just it is a grind. 
There's no overnight success, no such thing. People think they see it, but really they didn't see the years of grinding the process that you and I have gone through, and it's, it's tough, um, but it's worth it in the end. One other thing I want to ask you that I know will bring a lot of value to the audience, have you give a little free advice away today, is this. So you have the new company where they help you help with the Rolodex to make their profile look better and everything else. Let's say you came to me, I was a customer, and you wanted to help me to stand out more traction on LinkedIn and just my personal brand and everything, what would be the main steps that you would take to help me in my business to make me stand out in the crowd? Yeah, so um, one, of the, one of the most popular steps, one of, one of the most popular first steps to launching a personal brand I'll share, and there's really two types of personas that come to us as clients. You know, One is the person looking to network better. They're putting themselves out there on podcasts and on videos, and um, they they they're hungry, you know, and they want to build their network. They don't care. They're investing a ton of money in themselves, just like any entrepreneur needs to do. And then the other is a little bit more cautious and more numbers focused. And th- those are the ones where we're helping build their email list, and that's the primary thing they're focused on versus the contacts that they're making. Because how do you measure the ROI of networking? It's very difficult. Yeah. But um. Anyway, to get straight to the point, you know, it, anyone out there who's looking to grow their credibility and visibility. It's really easy. The first step is write a blog post and publish it on your LinkedIn. It's it's that simple. It, it can be as short as like three to five paragraphs. Just write about something you're interested in. Don't try to be the you know be humble again, but um, try to drop some real value on the people that you're trying to help, and um, then try to do it again next month. Yeah, and the month after that, and then go to weekly, and then get into podcast, and then get into video, and then you're credible and visible, and that's when the magic starts to happen. That's that's true. I mean, credibility does come in. I did a couple of weeks ago some other blogs, and we're doing blogs regularly. You build that trust of people, and they, they see that, and they're more likely to contact. It's like when you do a post. Sometimes people reach out just because they saw a post, and then it leads to who knows what. You never know where it's going to go into. That's why you should be active on social media and doing – I mean, that's why I like to do podcasting and networking. I mean, every podcast I go on is really – I mean, it's a networking opportunity. Um and that's a cool thing I love about podcasting, uh, being able to learn from others and communicate with like-minded individuals. Yeah, big time. And one other thing I'd encourage anyone who maybe has or is planning to publish that first LinkedIn post or host their own podcast, don't get discouraged about the numbers. Like what's happening here, to be able to connect with you, Brandon, is a pleasure. And it's about the networking that happens for the content providers. That's where the biggest value is. So, you know, when we put, when I spend 200 bucks to $300 editing a video and it gets 60 views on YouTube, it's really easy to look at that and be a little upset. But then, but then four months later, someone comes by and is like, Matt, Matt Holmes, my name's my name, let's call her Susan. My name's Susan. I've been following you for five to six months. I read your most recent blog post you posted yesterday about the new co-working space you guys recently opened up. Can we can we talk? I want to help you have all these ideas. That's what it's about. And it doesn't matter if I had sixty or sixty thousand views. It's about that one person who saw it. It's just one. It doesn't matter. I've been on over fifty podcast shows and it doesn't matter their audience because Again, it just takes one person that reaches out and that that one – because somebody actually asked me. I just went on a show that's huge show and he was wondering what the ROI is for a guest. And I said I had a guy reach out and I said just one connection can be worth millions. Just one connection. So think about that. Well People, played, yeah. The one podcast show you go on, I mean, who knows? We can make a million-dollar deal through this. You don't know. It's that one. That's why you got to throw enough darts. Eventually, you'll hit a bullseye. The last question I have for you before we go is what would be your top tips or advice for young entrepreneurs out there looking to get started? 
You know, you got to put yourself out there. Um, contrary to personal branding, one of the best first steps to networking is go on meetup.com, create an account, and schedule the next event you're going to go to um, in, a, in a community and group of like-minded individuals. And while, while we're talking about Meetup, I have a free ebook I like to give away on these podcasts. If you need tips while networking, yes. just go to my yeah, just go to my website, handshaking.com slash free, where you can download six networking strategies for entrepreneurs that are that are just getting started. So please check that out. I want you guys to be successful if you're listening to this podcast right now. And to be successful, networking is one of the most important things. So whether it's comfortable to you or not, you need to start putting yourself out there. And uh, to me with any questions, good luck. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. We'll, we'll post on the notes too. Where else can people find you to connect with you? I know you're on Snapchat, so give that out. You and I are both are yeah. your Snapchatters. Where can people yes. find you on Snapchat and everything else? Yeah, both Snapchat and Twitter are most active. My handle on all social platforms is just handshaking without the G. Handshaking. I love it. I love it, man. Hey, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I know we're going to talk a lot afterwards and some stuff. Um, but uh, that's it for today's show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And in the meantime, go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable. Because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show with Matt Handshake and Holmes. Learned a lot. You know, it's not too often you get to hear all that kind of advice from billionaires. I mean, he's interviewed multiple billionaires. And it's cool we have the common connection, Jeff Hoffman, who is a great person. I mean, that guy is... He spoke at Young Entrepreneur Convention here this past year, and uh, just a great person who tells great stories, and uh, he's the founder of Priceline, if you didn't know. Um, he's done a lot of stuff, but him and any other billionaire, just think about that. The one that had said, don't chase the money, go after your passion, and then the money comes. That's how you become successful. Think about that in life and everything you do. If you want to check out our notes, go to brennantadams.com and check out the notes section for the show with Matt Holmes. We got all the details there and see all the other cool stuff we have going on. And again, like I said, we got an accelerator program going on. It starts in here in a few weeks and I'm looking for 15 people. There's, I think, eight or nine spots left. 15 people to, to work with me and to go through my program. This is my first time doing it. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to start this. And actually, the, the top performer of the 15 gets to come on the show and share their experience and their story and uh, talk about what they're doing. So I'm super stoked for this. I'm looking forward to it. That and everything else we got going on uh, here in October, I'm, I'm flying all over the place. I'm going to be filmed for Think here next week. Uh, the week after doing a big event, we're filming for our TV show, Ambitious Adventures in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And then from there, the week after, Going to Puerto Rico, I'm going to meet with my buddy JLD. We are filming the video, the Kickstarter video, for the launch of the Mastery Journal we're doing in January. We're going to try to beat the old record. We have a half a million in 33 days. Do that, and then the week after that, I'm keynoting with Kevin Harrington at the CEO Conference down in Tampa, Florida. If you are in any of them areas, hit me up, snap me, btadams18, and we can connect. Hopefully, we can meet. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So that is it for today's show. In the meantime, go out there, create something great and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone.